Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Sunday. This is a rarity. I usually record on Fridays, but we are here for Sunday because life has been lifing. With that being said, happy Sunday to you. A start of another beautiful week. Now, I'm going to give my wonderful welcome. If this is the first time that you are listening to Conversations with Toy, welcome. And I hope that you find some value in this episode and any other episode that you listen to. There are episodes that cover marriage, dating, mental health, wellness, self-care, and everything in between, including what's happening on these internet streets. So I hope that you take and listen to one of the episodes, and I hope that it resonates with you. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about mental health and your circle. Yes, we know that mental health is a personal journey, right? You put the energy in, you get the energy out. Some days are high days, some days are lower days, and then there's days in between where you have to check yourself, right? And in this journey, Everyone talks about the journey being so personal that you don't take in consideration your circle. Like what legitimately happens when you have people in your circle that are triggering your mental wellness? And how do you deal with that? Now, this could come in the form of a loved one. This can come in the form of someone that you're romantically linked. This can be in the form of a friend. How do these different relationships help you when it comes to mental wellness, as you're journeying, as you're getting your life together, as you're trying to heal from the things that you have going on on the inside of you. Now, if you don't understand your own mental health, meaning you have not tapped in, you haven't done the work to discover exactly what may be happening, you haven't done therapy, you haven't done any of these things to try to tap into you, this could be a conversation that could be early for you where you're just like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know what's going on, but I know there is something going on. Please understand that you are not alone. Even some of us who are veterans in self-care and veterans in mental wellness who go to therapy on a regular basis, there are times in our lives when our journey doesn't make sense, right? And I think it's even worse when you start the process of therapy and you get all the tools and you start to get more tools that you figure like, okay, life should not be life in this hard. Like, why am I not able to get past whatever it is that may be going on? So don't think of yourself as somebody who has to have it all together. Because if I told you that life was going to give you these moments every single day where you just wake up and you just know and you're focused and you have all the things together, I myself would be lying Okay, I would be lying as well. So let me put you on to game as far as what happens when you are trying to get it together. What does that look like? First of all, it can look very scary because the journey of healing and when we say healing, we're not talking about from a stomach ache. We're talking about some type of mental health. For me, I deal with anxiety, social anxiety, 
I deal with episodic depression. And for me, that simply means that there could be a trigger that has nothing to do with what's happening right now. It could be something that happened in my past that mirrors something that happens right now. And then it's a, it could be a slope. Now, sometimes those slopes can happen for a few moments. Sometimes those slopes can happen for a few weeks. Sometimes those slopes can happen for a few months, but it can be debilitating depending on how severe the situation has become. And in those moments of your healing, meaning you're trying to get it together, you're using your tools, you're doing all the things, sometimes you find yourself in a stuck mode, right? You're in a stuck mode. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You've, you know, gotten all the help. You've used all the tools. And now you're sitting there holding your mental health bag and you are depleted. If you've ever felt that way, you are not alone. And the reason why I continuously say you're not alone is because, you know, sometimes when we're going through things, we consider ourselves to be like magical unicorns. This situation is only happening to us and why me and why, why, why? But the reality of it is you're not the only one. You're not the only one that's facing some type of hardship, some type of struggle. You're not the only one that's going through it, but it feels intense. It feels as if you're the only person going through it. And so those feelings can overshadow the truth. So you always have to ask yourself, what is true? What is actually happening versus what I'm feeling? How I'm feeling something is happening doesn't always mean that's how it is happening. But again, I say, as you're journeying journeying and going through your life, you will figure these moments out and then you'll get more clarity on how to put some balance and check some balances in between it. So how do you deal with when you discover that possibly whom you are around is triggering your mental health. Now, what does that mean when I say the words triggering your mental health? That means that who you are around are pushing something on the inside of you, whether they are doing it knowingly or unknowingly. 95% of the time, it's going to be unknowingly. You have not figured it out. You're just figuring it out. You're feeling tense when you're around them. Your spirit changes when you're around them. You're discovering that however you're feeling, it is triggered by the presence of certain people. Um, You're around them. You're trying to take care of yourself. You're doing all the right things. You're asking the right questions. You're getting all of the things together. But whatever the case may be, you are discovering that just simply being in engaged with them. I don't mean engaged by marriage, but I just mean engage or engaging with them is pushing something on the inside of you. It's making you furious. You're finding that you're angry and you don't know why. You know, you've been friends with this person forever and a day. And then when you get around them, your spirit is just disgusted because something just does not feel right. Let me just say that your feelings can be wrong right? You can feel things and it not be there. But I also say that when those feelings happen, you should really consider finding out why you're feeling that way, right? Don't just simply ignore it and say, oh, my feelings must be getting the best of me. So it's nothing there. No, no. I want you to explore that. Why do you feel that way? Is it something about them that you haven't been honest about within yourself that needs to be checked? Something that needs to be said? Some things that, you know, you're not really putting your all into. You're you're thinking that you're making sense, but maybe you're possibly not. And you need to explore. Feelings, whether good or bad, are always an open door for us to have some sort of exploration to see what is real and what is not. And so I have been taking note for the last few years of people when I'm around them. Like, do I get genuine joy when I hear their name? Like, do I honestly feel so much joy about the friends that I have? Like, I feel good about them. They, they make me feel good. They make me feel valued. When I'm around them, they uplift me instead of putting me down. Listen, 
I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest on this episode because, I mean, what else am I supposed to do but be honest? I've had friends who I've had friends for a long time. And the second that they come around, my whole spirit changes. I'm not as outgoing or free because there's something there that I haven't been honest with myself. Now, listen, you can't blame your friends for your triggers, right? You just can't. You cannot blame them. You have to take ownership of the fact that whatever is going on most likely and ingenuinely is something that you have not been honest with yourself, right? And so there's those friends that when they're around, they're so draining. All they do is talk about negative things. Like you don't have nothing else happening in your world, just negative things. And I'm not talking about people who just have things popping up. I'm talking about the people still talking about things that happened 10,000 years ago, still bring up the same stories. You don't have anything else to value to add. And when you're around them, you just be so drained because you're listening to all of them dumping all this information on you, the same information, repetitive information. Information, and you're just sitting there saying to yourself, my God, my God, you have got to have something else that has happened to you outside of the same things that you continuously talk about, right? There's that. And then there's the point when you discover, like when you really think about it, are they encouraging? Like I've had friends that I've shared some things with and they're just like, girl, I'm so happy for you. And not just say, okay, well, you know that I should be, I'm happy for you. But like, I send them a text and I'll say, this doesn't happen. And the emojis are coming through and the gifts are coming through. And by gifts, I mean GIF um, are coming in. And they're just like emotionally and mentally high-fiving me from like far, far away. And then you send that same text to somebody else and they're like, okay, nice. That is the most, listen, people have been wondering why I no longer share things because I don't have the time. Like if I'm sharing something with you, if I'm excited about something, I don't expect your your excitement to be at my same level, but I do expect for you to have something like come to the table with something. You're supposed to be my friend, like be excited and be happy. The same level of happiness you want me to share with your things, right? And I've been noticing over the few years that my level of what I want and friends have drastically changed. I'm no longer just accepting the fact that we've been friends forever and that should be okay because for why? Not when you have friends that are like literally feeling like they're lifting you above the crowd and like shining a light on you without taking it personal, right? The people that are shining the light on you without feeling away or wanting to know how did you get it. I am about that, right? And no longer accepting the friendships that just simply exist because of longitude, right? And with that, I'm discovering as I was talking to my therapist about the levels of friendship that I've had, it's like, eh, some of this stuff is just, it's dragging. It's almost like being in a marriage with somebody that you know is run its course, but you're staying it for the children. You're staying in it because you don't want to fail and you have all these feelings. But every day when you wake up and you're with this person, you feel unfulfilled and friendships can feel that way, Right. And some people say, well, you know, you've grown and you're doing more things. So now our my little friendship isn't good enough. Hmm. It probably was never good enough. Right. It was probably built on wrong principles from the very beginning. Probably built on the wrong principles from the very beginning. You connected on some drama. You connected on some toxicity. Like you connected on things that if you were now that you're grown, you're like, you know what? It, life ain't really just about that foolishness. And so you you, you get suckered into like our friendship is based upon foolishness it's based upon this level of stuff that happened in my 20s and happened in my teens that no longer resonate with the 42 year old me that doesn't that's trying to grow like trying to do some things 
It's okay. I know people are going to tell you that you feel like you sold out. Oh, you've gotten so big now. You just forgot about us. It's really not about that. It's literally about the fact that what are you doing to grow? Because I'm trying to grow every single day. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be better. I'm talking about things that are different. I'm doing things that are different. I don't have time to continuously hold on to the fact that you're still talking about something that happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And I'm like, can't you ever, you need to grow. I need you to grow, right? Or the friendships that are just mean-spirited people. Listen, my tolerance for that is on low. I remember going out with a group of friends one time. And whether they listen to this episode or not, it is the truth or it is my uh, perspective of what happened. We went out somewhere and they were like, oh, your outfit is this and your outfit is that. And I'm like, you know, there's one thing to tell your friends not to go outside looking crazy, right? There is nothing wrong with making sure your friends are out here in these streets. But it was just the way they went about it. Now, I can admit that during the time they had no idea that one, I was in therapy. That was like the beginning of my therapy. And so everything that I, people were saying, like I started to grade them like emotionally grade them. And I was like, no, that's not okay. I'm okay with you making sure that I look okay when I leave out this house. I'm not okay about the way that you presented it, right? You can be and say truth without being mean spirited, right? And everybody's like, well, everybody's so sensitive now. You can't say nothing to somebody. And as your real friend, I should be able to tell you anything and you have to just accept it. Uh, Park your brakes and for why? right? As a friend, you should want to make sure that I'm okay, right? As a friend, you should want to tell me the truth and make sure that I'm good. And let's keep it real. 90% of the friends ain't even fashionistas. Ain't never had an outfit that I was blown away by. It's never had no outfit that is like, you know what? You're right. They so bomb. Like I, I, I have friends who are like that. Like they put an outfit together and I'm like, it makes me encourage me to want to step up. And then it's like, not that way with everybody, right? But the way that you say things does matter. Listen, I get it. Back in the 80s and 90s, you could say things to people, tear them down in their face, and nobody would blink an eye, right? In 2023, in the year of our Lord, 2023, you got to come with tact. You still have to come in a loving manner. You can't just be mean-spirited and say, this is just how I am. I've always been this way. And so you can take it or leave it, ma'am, sir, (laughs) I'm going to leave it because my mental health does not, it just not, does not extend to that. I don't want to be around a bunch of negative nannies, ninnies, where they all they do is complain about everything. Let me tell you something. When you start going to therapy and getting your life together, when you're around a complainer, for me personally, and it could just be me, it could be a part of my journey. I will admit that I can't do it. Like you got maybe one or two complaints. And then after that, I'm tapped out. This is the reason. I used to be that person. I used to be able to complain. Oh my God, the sun is out. Oh my God, the, the, the shoe is blue. I wanted to be green. Oh my God, I can't believe this. Do you know how many people had to check me and tell me how they just could not be around me because of that negativity? And at first I was just like, they're being mean, but they were being right, right? And so as I got to therapy and I started listening to the, to what was being said about me, I started taking real stock about things that people were saying. Instead of looking at the person that the message came from, I looked at the message and I was like, you know what? They right. They, <laughs> my God, they are right. They are right. So now my tolerance for being around people who just completely are negative and just complain about lights, complain about air, they complain about, you know, anything. I can't do it. I can only do it for so while. I'm telling you right now, if I've ever been in a round conversation and it's a person that's, that's complaining about something more than twice, I promise you I've tuned out. I probably don't know what's happening anymore. I don't know what's being said. I'm shaking my head and nodding and saying, mm-hmm, because I've already tuned out. I've already timed out. I've already, I'm done because I can't do it. 
And I understand it now because now I'm on the other side of it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. This, this, that's who I was. And I was attracted to people who do the same thing. And so therefore I can't even be in the circle with folks no more. I want to limit. I want to limit the times because I, I don't want, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I just can't. But it gets that way in your mental health. When you go through your journey, you start to figure out things that just no longer works. And think about this. I'm 42 years old. You know, God willing, you know, you live into 80, 90 years old. You, you know, you've lived a life, right? What am I doing with this second half that I'm giving my energy to folks that ain't going to do right? Right. Why am I giving my energy to folks at this point to continuously show that like they're not going to do what needs to be done? I just don't have it in me. And maybe I should, right? Maybe in all realness and all fairness, I probably should get my life together, but no. So does it matter when you're going through your mental health journey, who you are around in your circle? Yes. It can't stagnate your, your journey because again, that part of your journey is personal, but yes, who you are around matters deeply. Whether you're in a, in a healing journey or not, who you are around says a lot about yourself. And so yes, that matters. Okay. I can't express that enough. When you are going through your healing journey, it matters. For instance, I've talked about this. My husband and I have talked about this in the beginning of my healing journey. He was not good. He was not good for me during that time. We were not clashing. We were clashing. It was a mess. And honestly, I've said this to him as plain as day, you know, divorce and all the things that come along with that was already in the picture. Because it was not a good situation, right? My therapist didn't come out and say you need to divorce him, but came out and said you need to divorce him, and it was on and it was on its way, right? And we were honest about that. So people were like, "Oh, how you go from, you know, wanting to divorce and getting on back on track?" It took me stepping away, um, and focusing exclusively on myself, having that selfish moment, and taking care of me. And not worrying about whether or not the relationship was already on a, on a, you know, about to end. Not worrying about whether or not it ended. Because sometimes, you know, if you've been in a relationship with someone, you don't want them to end. And so you focus on the relationship. And so you start doing these emotional acrobats to try to get things back on track. I selfishly took a selfish moment to say, I'm not doing anything to get this on back on track. I want it to fall. I want it to go to hell in a handbasket if, if necessary, if that means I'm going to be okay. And a lot of women are scared to do that. Because, you know, we are emotional beings, so we tie our things into how the emotions are because our, our significant other isn't emotionally meeting us. You know, to be honest with you, what my therapist told me is a lot of times we say our partners are not emotionally meeting us, but we're not even emotionally meeting ourselves. We have not set a standard. We don't take care of ourselves, but we expect our partners to do all the taking care of. There's like standards that you set for your partner to do A, B, and C that you haven't done for yourself, but you yet... You can feel it and you can sense it and it's easier to put it on somebody else than for you to take ownership of it. When she said that, it was like a light bulb and I literally started taking care of myself. I got into the gym. I started focusing on my health, started focusing on my body, focusing on my children and let grown that grown man be grown. I didn't try to mother him, smother him, make him do, nag him, tell him what he should or shouldn't be doing, what he wasn't doing for me. I did what needed to be done. I did what had to be done. I did what needed to be done for me. And I pushed right along and right ahead. Okay. And so once I did that, that literally was the saving grace because as I worked on myself, there were things that I was putting on him that I had to take ownership on. And honestly, ownership is the best thing. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I wouldn't even be the woman that I was if I hadn't taken that moment. Those years that I had to just say, this is about me. And it didn't take long. It didn't even take long. But nonetheless, it was about me. And I had to take that moment. 
It doesn't mean that I didn't do, you know, I wasn't entangled. Like I didn't, you know, love on my husband or didn't do anything with him. But it's just like emotionally and mentally, I just took charge of me. And that was the best lesson that I could have ever had. It was a defining moment of my life and it changed who I am today. And it changes how I move because a lot of things that now he's in therapy and he's doing his own journey. I'm in therapy doing our journey. Our kids, when they need therapy, they do what they need to do. Our family is a lot better because of it. Because now we don't put our situations on somebody else. But that doesn't mean that who you around doesn't matter because I promise you who you are around matters. You get around the wrong person, huh? Let me tell you right now, you get around the wrong person and you'll be in, in, in an entanglement forever, emotionally, mentally, and everything else in between. Extremely beautiful thing when you have the right people in your circle, the right people surrounding you, the right people who uplift you, the right people who, when they need to, can tell you that you need to change something or that something doesn't look or appear right. And again, for the people who think that you don't have to have tact just because your friend or your family member or your loved one or your wife or your husband, this is absolutely absurd. The same energy by which you would want someone to talk to you, the same energy by which you would want someone to, you know, be in your corner and have your back by even telling you that you're not okay or telling that they see something not right. You would want that same energy given to you in the right perspective. So why then all of a sudden because you're the one giving it, because you're the one dishing it out, it's simply okay to just give it any old type of way. It's simply okay to speak in manners that it just doesn't matter just because you've been friends with someone for so long or you've been um, involved romantically with someone for so long. These things do matter. And as you begin your healing process or even in the middle of your healing process, no matter where you are with it, it does change the way that you see people. I remember very exclusively the struggle when after I got through my first huge therapy sessions and looking at the people in my circle to not automatically cut them out and the reason why I didn't automatically cut them out was because I needed time for me to adjust the new way that I was looking at life I needed to see the things I needed to see and then give people a chance to adjust to me after I gave myself a chance to adjust to the new way that I was seeing things, after I gave myself a chance for people to see the new me, then it became apparent, okay, now we need to start cutting some things out, cutting some people out. And let me just say, for those who say to themselves, and I've heard people even come to me, even just from the podcast, and they'll say things to me like, oh, you know, this episode resonated with me. Everything that you're saying makes sense. The problem is just knowing how to do it. Sometimes natural progression can be the easiest non-confrontational way for those who are not just the ones that's like, you look, I'm not dealing with you anymore. I don't want to have this happen. Sometimes natural progression. And what do I mean by natural progression? Especially when it's a friend right? You stop taking calls a little more. You stop hanging out a little less. You start putting checks and balances into the things that you do with certain people. And let me just say, people in your life will pick up on it, right? And it may not be the easiest thing because some people are going to say, oh, now you done got so cute. You done moved on. You've changed and now you don't want to be bothered. And the answer is yes. That's exactly what was supposed to happen, especially for people that don't mean you well. And I find that people who are on the other side of that, meaning the friends that need to be cut off, get extremely offended because they know you when they remember when your stuff wasn't together. They remember all that part, but real friends wouldn't hold that against you. They would want 
you to show up as your best self. They would want you to come as the, the best version of yourself. But we all know that's not always the case. We know that sometimes, if not oftentimes, they want the best for you. It sounds good on paper until it's time to dish it out, until it becomes a point where it involves taking them and removing them from the equation. Listen, regardless of how people feel about certain things, you have to do what's best for you. And I think that's really the whole point of this. When you start doing and taking care of yourself and taking care of the things that you need when it comes to your mental health, a lot of times it is a selfish point because you've given to everybody else. Trust me, when you've been in a situation and maybe it's just people who are like myself who have done a thousand and one things for every last person on their, on their list of friends and their every last person of list of family. And then when it comes time for you to give into yourself and to pour into your cup, now you become the bad person. I'm okay with that. And it took me a while to get to the point where I could openly say, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a version of the villain that you have made me to be in your story that I don't even participate in. I don't even participate in it. I remove myself from the situation. I've taken care of the things that resolve around me. But this is the thing. So when people say, oh, I'm done with so-and-so, I'm not dealing with so-and-so, but are you really not? Because sometimes we love to lie to ourselves and say that we're done with somebody. But if we're keeping them in the forefront of our conversation, if these people are having real estate in your life to the point where, again, they're the parts of the conversation that you speak of all the time, when are you actually going to let them go, right? There are people in my lives that unless you bring up them, I don't talk about them on a regular basis. I don't talk of them on an outside basis. I don't care what the situation is. There's no reason for me to bring certain people up. My life doesn't consist with them. And when I'm around other people who have familiarity with the people that I no longer speak about, I just be sitting around thinking, this is what you have to talk about. Cause I don't talk about these people. These people don't come up in my life. They don't come up in my circle. We don't talk and sit around talking about what they did 20,000 years ago. Cause you know why they're not there. It's no longer a part of my focus. It's like getting eye surgery. You know, when you weren't able to see certain things, you just didn't pay it any attention. You know, you just kind of went about your way. But when you can see some things, you just be like, you know what? That's nice. And you keep moving. Stop giving so much energy to things you claim that you're over people that you no longer deal with. But yet you speak of them often. And let me just say something my mama always taught me. She says, from the mouth comes the issues of the heart. So when you keep talking about certain things and certain folks all the time, and let me just don't kid yourself. If you bring up certain people in every conversation with the same set of people, at least once every quarter or not even every quarter, once every time, every time you get together, you talk about the same folks, they're in your heart. Why are they in your heart? Because you haven't gotten over the healing. You haven't gotten past the pain and hurt that they've caused. So therefore, that's all you can see. All you can see is what they said, what they did, how they handled you. And I get that. And it takes a while to get past that point. But baby, you got to get there. I don't even discuss half the things, 90% of the things that people have said or done. And especially if I don't have no connection, no contact right? If I don't have any contact with you, why are you talking about people you, you don't have contact with? You don't speak to, why are you speaking of them, right? You're speaking of their name and they're not even around you. For why, right? And that's how you know they are on your heart. This is how you know you haven't really gotten over them like you telling your friends that you have. And let me explain something to you. If you are a friend of mine and you telling me that you got over something, but yet you're speaking on them, I already know you haven't right? So don't convince me. I already know you haven't because you keep talking about them. 
If you keep talking about them and you keep bringing them up in situations, and even if the situation matches, I promise you, I would rather use a different example than to use an example over somebody from 10, 15 years ago. I'm not doing it, right? I'm just not going to do it. You know, when people are talking about ex-boyfriends and things like that, possibly because that's an ex, you know, okay, I have an ex and yeah, so-and-so did that possibly, but to just come into a conversation and be like, you know what, my ex, and I'm like, we weren't even talking about ex. That's how you know. We're not even talking about A, B, and C, and you still bringing something up. You find in ways to intertwine some hurt and pain that you should have gotten past. Or this is the thing, as you heal, you know, healing isn't linear. So maybe on today, the pain that you feel is hard and it's struggle work today. But every time, that's the part that gets me. And this is the reason why I withdraw, because I can't just be entertained by this stuff that happened 20 years ago. Every single time I talk to a person, I don't want to hear it. listen I promise you if I'm in your circle and you're talking about something over and over again I've already tuned out say that's mean say that's all the things but I promise you I cannot because my personal journey just cannot continuously go back and forth it's like you take 10 steps back only to have you pull yourself back it's not the people you don't even talk to them you don't see them you don't have interaction with them they don't sit up at your dinner table having food with you they don't drink and have cocktails with you they're not hanging around you and your kids they're not doing any of those things right so I don't need to bring them I don't need to drag myself into some foolishness and some drama that doesn't even really honestly exist and even if you thought for five seconds that somebody else was keeping up stuff on their side I wouldn't even let that bother me because I don't have contact that's one of the things that I learned in therapy was to one eliminate contact with people that you don't want to have contact with and be okay with people being mad at the fact that you don't have contact with them and move along stop giving everybody your information I was discovering that I was talking to a friend now she's a very good friend but I was finding like I would be giving her more information than she needed Like I felt the need to like overcompensate whatever it is I'm doing when most of the times when she was doing something, she would just say she was doing something and it was never anything further. You got to learn your circle. You've got to learn yourself and you've got to get to the point where, again, you realize that your healing can be affected by the people that are around you. You can be driven to, you know, you have these triggers and sometimes you have to remove yourself. And sometimes it don't even mean that your friend is a bad friend. Sometimes you have to remove yourself until the trigger no longer bothers you. Or you have to explain to your friend, hey, when you start talking about A, B, and C, that that bothers me because I'm trying to get past it and you keep bringing it up. And they have a right to bring it up, right? Especially if it affected them. But what I find sometimes is that friends will bring up stuff that has no direct effect to them because they know that it has a direct correlation to you. And they'll say it. What, what are we doing with these days with these friends? And I say friends mostly because a lot of times you can't choose your family. And so you have to decide whether or not you want to remove yourself from your family or not. And I've done it. And I've done it. And it can be done. You know, TikTok is an amazing tool. So if you've ever been on TikTok and you've seen people talk about no contact, normally they're talking about family, right? They're talking about the fact that they've gone no contact with a family member because whatever their reasons, there's a thousand and one reasons and they've chosen to go no contact. Um, And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think the beautiful part is that people are sharing their stories about going no contact with their family so that other people can see that you don't have to just continuously allow a family member to mentally and emotionally abuse you. You know, you go around family members and they always have something negative to say. And then they don't wonder why you don't come around, but then they want you to come around more. Um, I'm not doing that. 
I know I haven't. I've had plenty of times where I've had no contact with several members of my family and it was fine. You know, in the very beginning, you, you feel weird about it because, you know, it's a holiday. You should go around. You should kind of make the phone call. You should kind of, you know, especially with me because I have kids, I should bring the kids around because how will the kids know people? But here's the thing. When I went no contact, I made a choice to go no contact. They had their choice. They could have reached out. They never did. So then I thought to myself and I talked to my therapist about it like, hey, you know, I went no contact and there was no contact on their end. So all this time where I was stressing myself out about what people were thinking about me not going contact, I also had to think about the fact that the same folks wasn't even contacting me. Right. So you have this peace that you've built with no contact. Now, it's up to you whether you decide to go back around certain people or entertain certain things. It's all a choice. To some people I have, I've seen, you know, I'm around, I can say hi or bye. I can pick and choose if I go to a family function or not. And it is my choice. But in the midst of that time, I never brought the fact that I was going no contact because at the time, again TikTok has now made things a thing like it's given a word to it given it a title I just was dealing what was doing with what's best for me I was taking care of me by getting my mental health under control and a lot of people were offended by that I even went to dinner with a few cousins of mine a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about like what I needed to do for myself now whether I was sitting at the table with the the people that had started the drama or not the point was is that I did what was best for me and I never needed to explain to them at the table at dinner a few weeks ago nor did I need to explain um when it was happening years ago I did what was best for me and I'm know that I'm better off for it right I'm better off for it because I can sit around people and not have to dredge up you know, you go digging in the dirt, you're going to get dirty. I don't have to do any of that because I know where I stand within myself. And I know that my mental health and my, my self-care is intact. So yes, your mental health is your journey. It's your own personal journey. It's some things that you have to do. It's some things that you have to take care of for yourself. And you will discover where you meet with certain people once you get to those certain levels. And then, yes, the people that are in your circle can trigger you you have to decide is it worth having them around are you going to be able to deal with yourself and take care of you while you're healing and going through your journey while being triggered by certain people you have to make that decision I know that there have been some wives and husbands who after they have had personal therapy have come to the conclusion that they don't no longer want to be married and they make that a personal decision they don't even make it about what the person said or did like that's how you know you've gotten real healing because you no longer make it about the people around you you don't make it about you know another person you just focus on what it is that you need and I think that's the part that people don't get you have to focus on the part that you need focus on the things that you have going on for yourself and think about those things so that you can make the best decision for you if you continuously make decisions based upon other people you will always be fighting this battle of it's okay for me to be in a healed state because this is another part about your healing journey when you're in your healing journey you look different you talk different you you take care of yourself different and some people although they claim that they love you aren't going to be okay with that because it only shines a light on them about the parts that they haven't gotten together and they will then take out their anger out on you they will so be prepared for it be prepared for it and because we've mentioned therapy several times can we just have a little uh, conversation about what therapy does first of all therapy does whatever it's going to do for the person individually everybody goes to therapy differently 
there are a mix of emotions that come out when you're in therapy. Let me just tell you, if you think that you're going to go to therapy with this load of life that you're trying to unpack, because you want to go therapy for whatever your personal reasons are for, right? Sometimes it's to talk about childhood trauma that you've dealt, that you haven't dealt with, that is causing you to, it's coming up in your personal life now, even though you're grown and it's some things that you didn't deal with, right? I've done that. And then there's times when I've gone to therapy because of my marriage, but not for marriage therapy, right? I've gone because I needed clarification on where I stand in my marriage for myself without having to go as a couple with my husband, although we have gone as a couple for marriage counseling as a couple. And then there's been times when I've gone for parenting. I've gone because as a parent, um, for me, some of the things that I do for my kids become a trigger. Now, let me just say what that means for those who may possibly think that they're going through the same thing. So there are things that in my childhood that didn't exist that do exist more for my kids. Now, this is not to say that my parents were the worst human beings in the planet and there's no need to attack them or to go through any drudge because my journey is my journey and they may not even agree or they may agree or disagree. But just certain things like when I'm giving my kids certain type of energy like when I go out of my way to make sure that their day is good like I want them to be solid and feel important feel loved and feel cherished and all these different things I'm not saying that my parents didn't love or cherish me but the way in which I go about it is not the same as my parents right but I've had to also understand the levels of parenting now that I've become quote-unquote grown which I yes I am grown um I've learned that the same lifestyle that I have now is not the same lifestyle that my parents had and the things that they were struggling with to make sure they provided for me are not the same struggles by which I live now. And especially like with my mother who was a single parent for quite some time, her list of survival wasn't allowing her to also take care of making sure like her mental health was okay and my mental health was okay because back in the day, especially back in the eighties, I'm an eighties baby, there was no mental health care. There was never no, no such thing. If you went to therapy, you was letting a white man into your business and you was doing all these different things. It wasn't as easy flowing as my kids saying to me, mom, I'm overwhelmed at school and I'm dealing with A, B and C. Can I see my therapist? It wasn't any of that. And so the times of the ways that we've lived are completely different. So I've learned to give them to accept what they've done, accept what was said, accept the things that happened, but also giving grace for the things that they just could not did not have the tools by which they didn't have right and that takes growth because who when you're in therapy crying over something that happened when you were a kid and you're mad you come out angry sometimes I used to be so drained from therapy sometimes I would leave and I would just sit in the car for an hour in my car in front of my house just sitting there dreading coming into the house because when you go back into your home after you've done your therapy and you're angry or you're frustrated you can't take that anger and frustration back home you can't allow that to come back into your house and then as a mother I have to be understanding loving and caring even though my feelings felt like they were being stampled on trampled on and all the different things and so those are the types of feelings that happen in therapy stop believing that the tv or the movies when you see people laying on the couch or sitting on the couch and they're talking to their therapist 
purpose and they leave and all of a sudden life feels like it's great and grand. That's not, not always the case. There are times when you leave therapy and you feel like a load has been lifted. So you feel that sense of peace. Then there are those times when you leave therapy and you realize some other things that have come out as you begin to process what you've talked to your therapist about and you become angry, you become numb, you become, you know, disjointed. You don't feel like being engaged and involved with people. I've been left therapy and I've left therapy, gotten home at six, six 30 and been to bed just to get up the next morning to get up to go to work because I was so drained, so angry, so frustrated and so tired. So listen, therapy has its moments. It has its ebbs. It has its flows. It has all of these different things. And this is why I say that therapy looks different to every person and every person don't always feel the need to do therapy. Although I would encourage every person to try. Some of the things and some of the tools that I use when I've done with therapy is to go home and use like a weighted blanket. Sometimes that weighted blanket can feel like the hug that I needed that obviously my therapist isn't giving. Um, it may need the, it may feel like the hug that I may have needed as a kid or something that I may have needed at a certain point in my life. So sometimes I would come home from therapy and I would wrap myself in a weighted blanket and just simply sit, like let the kids tell me about their day. You know, we've already had dinner. I'm sitting, I'm watching TV or I'm having a downtime moment, maybe reading a book and I have my weighted blanket, maybe a cup of tea or something like that to just wind down from the day. Certain techniques like that will help for me also journaling, journaling, journeying using my journal after, um, after therapy to write down what my thoughts and feelings are afterwards. Like what is racing through my head? What are the things that I'm feeling? Write those things down so that when I go back to therapy, I can talk about what I've written down and how I felt. Nine times out of 10, I feel those way. And then when I get to therapy, they don't feel as strong. Those feelings don't feel as intense because you've had time to decompress. You've had time to process the things that are happening. Um, as you're starting this Sunday and you're starting off your new week, think about those things. Think about those times when you felt extremely angry. And this is the thing. Your triggers could be so trivial to other people, but mean the world to you, right? It can mean so little to someone else and somebody else will be like, that's not that deep. You shouldn't be, that shouldn't have made you as upset. Please ignore that person. Because what you need to do is explore why something as trivial as it is, what meaning behind it, what did that mean to you, right? What did that mean and made you feel? Because that is actually the real answer. It has nothing to do with the action. For instance, um, I felt like, you know, abandonment issues because of the, my father, my biological dad or father is not really my my biological father not being there. And so certain actions that my husband would take and certain things that he would do it just trigger me to feel like I was being abandoned again, even though there was absolutely nothing like that happening. And so what would make small things to him would be major milestones for me. It would set me back into one of those episodic depression modes where then I would start to, to spiral if I didn't catch myself quick enough. Also keep in mind with mental health, it doesn't mean that every single day that you have is a bad day. It doesn't mean that every moment that you wake up is a bad moment. Um, mental health has its highs and its lows. And honestly, there are many a times, many a days where I have the most amazing days. My days are full with joy. They are full with happiness because I try to find ways to include happiness into my day. I add in moments of joy. I look for moments of peace. I'm always gravitating to things that make me feel happy because I've learned and I'm learning what it is that I like. What are the things that I need that brings me absolute joy? Whether it's 
doing this podcast, whether it's doing the blog, whether it's taking time to take a nap because I recognize that I need rest more than moving. Um, if it's time for me to do something with my kids, because I know that being around kids are, is a good joy for me. So going to the park and getting outside and walking around or going to the gym and working out, you know, when you learn yourself, you get to understand what it is that you need at any given moment. And honestly, that is the best way to take care of your, your mind. It's the best way to take care of your self-care. That's what self-care is. What do you need right now to take care of you so that you can continue on in whatever it is that you're doing? Um, sometimes that's me saying to myself, you know what? I really want a good cup of tea. Let me go ahead and drink this tea while I'm working because I know that this is a good cup of tea. It's going to make me feel cozy. It's going to make me feel warm. It's not going to solve my problems. Self-care doesn't, you know, help you and solve your issues, but it does help you at the moments that you need it the most. Me going to the nail salon isn't going to solve world problems, right? Me going to the nail salon and getting my pedicure isn't going to make, you know, whatever bills that I may have or whatever traumas that I may be going through stop all of a sudden. But what it will do is it gives me the opportunity to remember to tell myself, yes, that regardless of the things that are going on, yes, I am worthy of taking this moment for myself to gather myself, to get myself together. And that's what I'm going to choose to do. That is what self-care is. It's simply saying yes to me. And notice something else because right now that no could mean the world of allowing me to complete the goals and journeys that I have. For instance, as a, as a parent, my schedule is my kid's schedule, right? Oftentimes people ask me all the time, how do you handle the blog and the podcast and all of the things and you're going to all these different media events and then you still have kids, how do you handle it? First of all, I have a really color coordinated planner. My planner looks like something out of a, a, a movie because there's so many colors going on, but I'm fully aware of where I need to be. And in the moments that I have down moments is the times that I take for myself. Sometimes it's simply listening to a podcast and hearing somebody else talk about their journey. And I'm like, you know what? That inspires me. So then it inspires me so that I may write something. It inspires me so then I feel some joy and a pep in my step so that I can continue going on. That is what self-care is. It's simply saying yes to yourself. Yes, I am worthy of doing whatever it is that I'm doing. Yes, I'm okay to take a 15 minute break to actually just read and watch this, you know, read this magazine and look at some products that I may want to try and just be joyful in my moments. Self-care is selfish, right? And people say that, okay, you, you shouldn't have these selfish moments. For why? Because if you don't take a moment just for yourself to simply gather yourself, you will lose your mind, especially with a schedule like mine. You will lose yourself. You will lose yourself trying to be a one for everybody else. As a parent, I got to make sure that the kids' lunches are made and that they have their snacks and that they get to school on time and they get picked up on time and they get all of these different things. And then what about me? What about the fact that I may need to take just five minutes? Think about a 24 hour period. And I took 15 minutes to take a 15 to 30 minute nap. And that's something that's wrong so that I can get up and have the strength to do all the things that need to be done. And that's wrong. There's a 24 hour period of time and I took one hour to go sit at a coffee shop just to people watch or just to enjoy a snack that I didn't have to share with my three children. There's something wrong with that. Think about it when people say stuff to you that don't make sense. If I decide to take a vacation for myself, which I have done and will be doing very shortly, taking a personal vacation, that's wrong because there's 365 days in a year. And as a parent and as a, as a businesswoman, I decided that I was going to take a three to four day vacation just to do the things that I enjoy. So when I come back, I can handle life. 
and do the things that needs to be done. There's something wrong with taking a three to four day vacation out of a 365 day year. How does that, how does that correlate? This is why you have to have the right people in your circle because while they take vacations, it's okay when they take one, right? They take one every two, three months. It's wrong. It's, it's okay when they take it. But when you, God forbid, take one vacation and now you're the problem for why? If the people in your house aren't having a problem, stop allowing people outside of your home to dictate what you do. Because one thing I've learned just watching my own circle of friends is that my friends are going to go and do whatever it is that they need to do for them. And so what I'm not doing is waiting for them to give me the high five of approval so I can go do and enjoy my life. Because while I'm watching them enjoy theirs, while they're making statements about what they think I'm supposed to be doing, now I'm sitting here on a struggle bus and that's not going to happen, right? It's not going to happen. I have to take care of me as I am taking care of my responsibilities. I never said you to tap out and say, well, I'm going to send my kids away because, you know, three months out of a year is not that bad. It's different if you're sending them away for a purpose. But what I am telling you is that you can take care of your responsibilities. You can take care of the life that you have and you can tap in while you take care of yourself. There is nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. One of the things that my mom used to always tell me when I first have, you know, started having my children was like, listen, don't let yourself go. And I did. Oh my God, I did. While I was pregnant, I was looking a hot mess because I was feeling a hot mess. I just didn't know how to figure that all out. And then when I was going through my postpartum depression, again, before I found out that it was postpartum depression, I was looking a hot mess. And you know, what's funny. Again, I have said this a number of one times, instead of us only um, educating the parents that have kids, we need to learn how to, to, uh, educate our communities because I did what every doctor told you to do. You go to the people in your community and you tell them like people in your circle, Hey, I'm struggling with this. You know what my people in my circle told me to do? Go baby, go sleep when the baby go to sleep. Do you know how many times I took a nap when that baby went to sleep or simply tried to find some food while that baby was sleeping and I would still get up and I was in a whirlwind because it wasn't enough. Because we're not educating our, we're not educating our circles. We're only educating the parents. I had people in my circle that had never even had a child. I had people in my circle who were older parents who didn't tap into certain things because back in the eighties, back in the nineties, parents didn't talk about postpartum depression as much as they do now. So my circle was limited because they weren't educated and neither was I, I wasn't fully educated and neither were they. So how was I supposed to talk to my circle and get some type of support when my circle didn't have a clue themselves. This is exactly why I say be understanding and have the people in your circle and talk to your people in your circle about the things that are happening because 95% of the time people don't even mean you um, wrong. It's just a simple fact that they don't even know what the heck to do. They have no clue. They don't understand what to say or to do in this situation. As you start your Sundays again, write out what it is that you want to see happen in your week. I write my planner, the things that must happen, the meetings that I must be at, the events that I have already said yes to, the things that I must maneuver to get to those things, right? But then I also write down, what is my mission statement for the week? What is it that I need to happen, happen for me to make my week amazing? What is it that I need? So if it's that instead of me trying to do the, all the pickups, maybe I say to my husband, hey, can you pick up the kids on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Because dream teamwork makes the dream work. And by help, having that help, I can now attend to something differently and I can make sure that dinner's on the table while he's doing that, right? Before it was, I got it, I got it, I got it, I can do it, I can do it. Listen, you can be an amazing mom, but amazing moms also have help. 
And for single parents, they understand that more than anything because they know what it's like to not have help. And so when they finally do get help, they take it. But it's always the ones that are married or coupled up that don't want to receive that help. Let me just explain something to you. It's okay to get help. It's okay. I promise you. Actually, it's 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 going to work out in your benefit because it relieves you from having to struggle in one area so you can go do something amazing in another area. So that's what I look at during the week. Okay. So on my Sunday, I'm sitting with my planner. I have the the, the look of what needs to happen. I know that things are not going to go as planned. Remind yourself that this week that things aren't going to go as planned, but how you respond to it is what matters. Last week, it was all kinds of stuff happening, right? But my husband and I decided to come together and make a different decision about how the response. And so instead of these long periods of an argument, instead of these long, you know, foolishness moments, it was like, let's recover. Let's find a way to be that team and find a way for us to work together. How can we recover? How can we work together? And how can we come together for a plan? And that's what we decided to do. That is what helped us. Sometimes you have to know that things aren't going to go exactly the plan. So when they don't, what is your recovery going to be? Are you able to recover your mindset to where it doesn't take you 20,000 years to recover from a small situation or a big situation, right? You have to find a way to recover. So sit down this week or sit down today while you're making your Sunday plans and discover what it is that you want to do. How are you going to, to work through things that don't work out well? How are you going to do that? Make sure the right people are in your circle. And as you begin to weed them out, because you will eventually have to weed them out. And honestly, naturally, things will weed themselves out because your friends have their own lives going on. You have your own life. And sometimes you just can't always connect. And God be knowing sometimes when he doesn't allow us to connect with certain people because he's already been trying to tell you to separate yourself from them in the first place. But of course, you being who you are, you want to stay loyal. You want to be loyal. Listen, sometimes loyalty to others and detriment to yourself is never going to work. It's never going to work because you can be loyal to yourself and loyal to other people for the right reasons. And in the right people, it would work. When you find out it's not working, but it's a detriment to you, flip that. Flip it. I'm telling you, you need to flip it. It's a sign. You're talking about, I'm looking for a sign. I was just hoping, I wish, you know, something would tell me or it would be an encouragement. This is the encouragement. This is the sign. This is the sign to take your mental health a little bit more uh, strategically. This is a sign to stop allowing people to talk dirty and down to you, to your face. Listen, it's one thing for you to talk behind my back, but I'd be damned if I sit there and let you talk to me and crazy in my face. Like, I'm not going to let you play in my face. I'm like, I'm just not going to let you play in my face. And some of y'all just was like me, allowing people to play in your face. I've come to a new realization, not in my face. Now you may try that stuff behind my back and just pray to Jesus. It don't never come back to me, but to play in my face, we not going to do. You're not going to talk ugly and raggedy to me. You're not going to tell me something that you should be telling me in love, but you want to put your little extra emphasis so you come at me in the wrong way. We're not going to let you play in my face. And I'm not even going to get all loud and rambunctious and raggedy. I'm not going to start going back to my 20s where I want to start throwing hands. I'm not going to say try Jesus, you know, and don't try me. I ain't going through none of that. I'm just going to simply get up and remove myself without explanation. Let me tell you something. It's so powerful when you just literally, and I mean physically get up from a situation and exit left. This is the number one reason why I try to drive myself to anywhere. I don't want to get in nobody's car, but see the power of the Uber and the power of Lyft. You don't even have to worry about that. So even if I do get in your car and you start acting raggedy and you start acting whatever, when I promise you, I will remove myself. I will get my bill, pay for my portion of dinner. I will get up 
and I will get in an Uber, a Lyft, or call a friend, call my husband to come pick me up. I do not, I'm just not in the space anymore to just allow people to play in my face. But I also don't have to revert back to, again, to them good 20s where I would be like, knuck if you buck. I ain't knucking if you buck because I'm not going to jail. I got something to lose. I got a business. I ain't got time to be out here. People be recording the screen, recording. I ain't got the energy or the time. But what I will do is I will calmly get up and you'll be like, what happened? What I say? And I'll just be like, what you said was not okay. Give you the opportunity. But when you sit up there and be like, I ain't say nothing and you're just so super sensitive, I'm going to take my super sensitive behind back home to my peace where my peace remains. This is why I don't lie a lot of people running in through this house because people don't come in the house with the right intention. Stop lying to everybody in your house. I don't control my house like Steve Harvey, you know, like Marjorie, like they allegedly claim that Marjorie is doing the Steve Harvey. I don't do all that. My husband can have whoever he wants to have in here. But I also don't want a whole bunch of folks running through here with their wrong intentions because in my house, we have people going through all kinds of mental health issues at any given time. What you cannot do is, surprise, I just popped up in the neighborhood just to show up. No, no, you call first. You call, make sure we're good. You call and make sure that we're okay. Don't just pop up and roll up on me because that's not what we're going to do. Don't just do that. I'm not here for that. Don't roll up on me because sometimes I need to be sure that I'm in the right space. So I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to leave a situation um, and I'm going to do what I need to do. I I'm going to do what I need to do for me. And you got to do what's best for you. If you get nothing from this episode, do what is best for you and stop counting on your friends to be in agreement with that. Stop counting on your husband to be in agreement with that. Do you know how many times my own husband and I have had a disagreement about what I needed to do for myself? And even if there was pushback, I didn't allow him and his anger about what it is that I was doing to dictate the fact that this is what I needed in order to be okay. Because see, what's happening is if I make amends for that moment, 20,000 minutes later, I'm still going to be jacked up. I'm still going to be messed up by tomorrow because I didn't do what was for me. And everybody ain't going to understand that. My husband, there's plenty of times where he doesn't understand it. He's gotten to the point now where he doesn't, he understands that it's best to just let me do what I need to do versus just, you know, whatever. But no, I need to do what's best for me at any given moment, at any given time. So I hope this episode has found some type of sort of peace for you. I hope that it resonated with you. I hope that you were able to take something away from this because again, who you have in your circle matters. Yes, your healing journey is for you and no, everybody can't you know, do acrobatic and flips to make sure that they do everything the way you wanted to do it just because you're in your healing journey. However, when something is being said or done that is going to be a detriment to your journey, it's best to remove yourself from it. And there are plenty of people who know that they need to eliminate some certain friends out of their circle and it's a struggle for you. Either allow natural progression to happen or you're just going to have to find a way to be strong and courageous and have a conversation. And sometimes with friendships, you have to have these deep conversations and just let people know the way that in which you talk to me has never been okay. I've allowed it to happen and, and now I've allowed it to happen so long that you don't even take my, my feelings in consideration. And this is where I need you to attempt to make the consideration. And if they say to you, I'm not doing all that, I'm going to be me because I've had that happen. This, the, listen, if you come out of your mouth to me and you say to me, this is who I am and this is who I always been and I'm not changing that's you've already to give me every answer for me to make sure I just walk complete away. And this is the reason why nobody is above a do better. None of us, we all have changed in us. And when you are setting yourself up to the point where you're no longer coachable, meaning that you cannot be told 
that you need to change and make the necessary change in your life because this is just who you are and you want to beat your chest about it because you've now made the stance that you this is who you are and take it or leave it baby girl baby boy I'm leaving it I'm telling you when you you hear somebody come out of their mouth even if they're not talking directly to you and you hear them say the words this is who I am I've always been this way I've always been this way since I was a child. I've been this way since I've been grown and I'm not letting anybody change me and I'm not gonna do things because other people want me to do that. When you hear people talk like that, listen in baby, they're telling you, they are telling you exactly who they are. It's just that you don't wanna believe them because that's your good girlfriend. Your good girlfriend doesn't want to change. And what they're telling you is that they don't see value in what it is that you're saying to them. And because they are who they are, baby, they're not changing. And so you're hoping that they're going to change and they done told you right to your face. See how that play in your face thing? They done told you. Now it's up to you to take the responsibility of telling them how it makes you feel, standing 10 strong, 10 toes down and letting them know that what they say and how they act is affecting you. There are some friends you can't even take out in public because they always complain somewhere. I can't stand that. Listen, I've had food that hasn't always been great. And so you may work around it with people, but when people bring you stuff and you first thing, you ain't even take a good bite and all you do is complain. My God, I don't even want to dine with you. I don't. I don't want to dine with you. I promise you I don't. I don't care how long we've been friends. My eye is twitching when the thought of going out with you because I know they're going to complain about something. Like you just going to complain about something. Oh, the water's too warm. The water's too cold. Like my God, live a little. But when somebody tells you that they're not changing and that this is who they are, they're telling you that whatever it is that you're bringing to their, to their attention has no value to them and they have no value in you that they're going to change and they don't want to. And it's why should they? Because this is who they are baby those this is who I am people are usually stuck they can't make a friend no matter where they go they have issues every area of their life and when they and when it comes to friendships you're not the only person that they have an issue with they can't make friends out of they can't make a friend you should be able to make a friend out of every area of your life you should have a work buddy that you talk to you should have a church buddy that you talk to no matter what area you are you should have somebody that you should have pure joy when you see them and they see you if you don't have that, it ain't everybody else. It's you. I know you don't want to accept it. I know you don't want to hear it, but it's you. And you know what? That used to be me. And I had to make a change because I have to make changes. Life is about change. And those who don't want to change, that's why they stay stagnant. And stagnant people stink. And they may not stink physically, but they stink. Their attitudes stink. Their faces always toe up. You can't ever get them to smile. You got to act like a clown just to get them to, to crack a, a, a crack in their mouth to smile. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got to take care of yourself and you got to remove yourself from those folks that don't mean you well. So I know this was a lot. This was a lot to talk about. Mental health has so many layers to it. But I hope that you are getting the help that you need in the areas that you need and even the areas that you fail in. I want you to try to get the help in and try. Listen, if you are trying and you're failing, but you're trying, get back up. I know how discouraging it is because you're like, I attempted, it didn't work out quite as I had thought it was. It's, it's, it, it happens, but get back up and try again. Try again later that day. Try again tomorrow. Try again next week, but continue to always allow yourself to try. Failing hurts. It hurts. It's the worst thing that you could feel. But what's also worse is also giving up. So don't give up even when you fail. I have fallen 20 million times in one month, feeling 20 million times in one day, 20 million times in one year. 
that doesn't make me amazing is that the fact that I'm just an amazing person. What makes me amazing is that I didn't give up my dream. I just continue to continue to get up. You may have to ask somebody for some help to get up. You may need to ask somebody where you missed a step and get some more help in those areas. But do not fail yourself. Do not allow yourself to quit. Get up. Take care of yourself. Look at your look at the people in your circle. Who do you talk to the most? I was looking through my phone the other day and I'm like, some of these people that I don't even, I don't even talk to some people as often as I probably should. And some people are maybe just, it's just, it's just going this way. It's, it's just doing what it needs to do. It's, it's doing what it needs to do. But whatever the case may be, love yourself enough to love the people that are in your circle who are standing in the gap for you, who genuinely have love and support. I looked at a couple of friends that I had shared some things with. One person was like, that's nice. And that was it. Like, it was just nothing else there. And then I had the other girlfriend that was like, girl, like send me all these emojis. And yes, every now and then we need to be uplifted. Like I need that type of energy, but you know why in real life, the friend that was like, that's nice. And the friend that's always like, girl, I support you. I love you. I care for you. They are the friends that have different levels of friendship with me, regardless of how long I've been friends with them. And there's no denying it. There is no denying it. It is what it is, but it is what it's going to be. So have an amazing week this week. I know we did not have a Friday episode. Listen, that Philadelphia, if you didn't know, I was at the Philadelphia Eagles game. I had no voice left. There was nothing left to give. And I couldn't record earlier because I had events all week. So I apologize. But hey, how about a good Sunday reset? How about a good Sunday reset with today's episode? I want you to have the most amazing week. We will be back next week. We do have an actual guest next week. It won't be just me. I do love you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Make sure that you share this episode with somebody else. Make sure that you subscribe and make sure that you leave a comment or some type of statement on whatever platform that you are listening to. I read all of them. I, I enjoy the comments. I appreciate the love. Have the most amazing week. And thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.